You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. We're going to start Locked and Loaded with some criminal statistics. Here you go. Urban violence has spiked to where the U.S. murder rates are back to what they were in the 1990s. Now, this is in spite of more gun control than ever before, in spite of more access, I guess, to information to prevent bad people from getting weapons, well, legally getting weapons. <coughs> the illegal acquisition of weapons is probably one of the biggest things that leads to higher crime rates. And the fact that these people can get them illegally, steal them, beg, borrow, do whatever they have to do to get a weapon. And I believe, this is my theory, I think the rates have spiked because the government is paying people hundreds of dollars extra a week to stay home and not go to work. Not work. <laughs> so they have, you know, what is it, uh, something about the devil and idle hands? <laughs> yeah, idle hands do the devil's work. There we go. That's it. <laughs> And with stimulus checks coming in, again, these people don't have to work, so they have a lot of extra time on their hands. And, you know, some people cannot deal with extra time. They end up getting, you know, into trouble because, oh, here's an opportunity. Let's do something stupid today. And it's funny because the anti-gun groups are blaming it on a record-setting gun sales, which they have been. They have rec- They broke all-time records in January, and then again in March they broke the January record. We're on track to double the gun sales of last year. Woo. So more, hopefully more and more citizens are becoming armed. They had, I know, 8.4 million new gun owners who had never owned a gun before come into the market last year. Now, we don't know how much of that is transferring to this year, but I imagine the more the Biden administration talks about gun control or limiting gun access or magazines or whatever it is, whatever kind of infringement he's trying to push on American citizens, more people will go, you know what? If I don't get it now, I may not be able to ever get it. So he's coming after stuff hard and fast, and they're going to try and he want he would love it if he could get the old crime bill assault weapons ban passed again into law. But this time, I bet they don't do it with a sunset clause. They do it as a permanent, non-mobile law that will never change, which is what he would love. Because fortunately, thank goodness, in 2004 when the crime bill expired, George Bush was in office and he didn't feel a need to extend it. So then again, you could get magazines and weapons that were banned by the so-called crime bill, which actually did nothing to decrease crime any more than any other year had. So, you know, they're trying to blame all the crime on the gun sales, which is basically everyone shows it's entirely untrue. But there's been approximately a 30% rise in violent kind of murder rates in every city that reported data. Cities of a million-plus residents saw a 32% increase in murder rates. Cities between 250,000 and 500,000 had a 31% rise. So it's, it's, you know, it's going up. And the reason why people are anti-police, they're not listening to police officers, police officers are not responding to as many calls as they used to, and why should they? When they're persecuted or prosecuted for doing the right thing because some cops do the wrong thing, you know, it's hard, you, you, can't, you can't force them all into one group. There are good ones and bad ones in every profession across the country, across the world. And I know you guys were just talking about the, uh, what's his, Derek Chauvin. Oh, uh, right. 
And yeah, he yeah. he did something he probably shouldn't have done. A guy's in handcuffs on the ground. You don't sit there with your knee on his neck for four minutes. <laughs> it was longer than that. Well, whatever. Longer than that, but but the the point is, is when you when you've got fellow officers and hey, all right, that's enough. And yeah. You got paramedic pulls him off and goes, hey, enough. Then you need to get off the guy. And, yeah. And you know, I think Mark Deshark, who on my show earlier said that his fellow officers should have pulled him off, and I agree. They yeah. Oh, that they should have done the right thing. Yeah. You know, he wasn't following order, anybody's orders. He was just, he, it seemed like he was holding a grudge. Maybe he was having a bad week. Or, of course, the conspiracy theory says that he and George Floyd were invo- involved in a counterfeiting right. scheme out of a nightclub that George Floyd worked right. at. Yeah. And he was, and George Floyd was talking too much and letting, you know, stuff go about their operation, so he needed to be eliminated. Now, granted, I don't know if there's any truth to that at all, but, you know, there are people who conspired that or s- think they found links to link this officer to the counterfeiting operation, so who knows. That would actually makes perfect sense, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Unfortunately, you know, it's a conspiracy theory that makes perfect sense if you think about it, because a good movie. why else would you want to kill somebody in the middle of the street surrounded by other cops, and why wouldn't they stop him? Why wouldn't people, you know, stay something or... You know, the paramedics pull them out of there. Who knows? But uh, it's just, that was crazy. But, yeah, but most cops, you know, not all cops are bad cops. And not all people are bad people. Not all guns are used in crimes are legal. In fact, an NRA, I don't believe an NRA member has ever committed a mass shooting. But yet they blame the NRA every single time there is one. Oh, the NRA did it. The NRA did it. It's like they had nothing to do with it. In fact, it's funny because they say the NRA is racist. While in its origin years, it was originally founded to help teach minorities to use weapons against racist the governments, race, the racist Democrats, the KKK, the racist I mean, police officers. Yeah, it was yeah to, it's true. To fight the KKK to fight that. Right, and the KKK was founded, funded, and supported by Democrats. It was the strong arm of the Democrat Party. You know, to your earlier point, Roger, I just want to say, and not one gun has gotten up and shot someone on its own. Right. Not one. But it's funny how when a policeman shoots somebody, it's the cop. It's the cop. When there's a mass shooter, it's the it's gun. the gun. Yep. So do the cops have guns that have gone through sensitivity training to know when they're supposed to shoot? Uh, I don't know. I mean, do they? Do they? Unless they shoot. It depends on what the skin color is. Right. If they, they shoot a white shame. guy, then it's okay. Yeah, if they shoot a minority, white. then, you know, it's it's a problem. Roger, that happened in Oregon just this past week. Uh, the, the It's somewhere in Oregon. A uh, guy got shot. The police shot somebody, and T- uh, BLM showed up, got ready to riot, and then they released the news. It was a white guy was the victim, and they left. And they didn't want to have anything to do with they it. Didn't want anything to do with it. Huh? Yeah, well, because they're they are a racist group, but without a doubt, they only think yeah. certain races have the right to have justice. And because the guy was a white guy, he was he wasn't entitled to justice, or at least if he was, their group wasn't going to fight for it. That's right. So they're against police brutality only when it's against a person of color. Yes. Okay. So that's just tremendous. The mob. Right. So basically, our murder rates are back up to where they were in the 90s because I believe people have too much time in their hands. And not because there's too many guns out there. Most everybody who buys guns legally is not going to be using it to just go out and start murdering people. Granted, it could happen. Like the... The last one we had up in the FedEx unit, he bought his gun legally, and red flag laws that they had on the books didn't stop him from getting his weapon legally. So, you know, and it's and it's crazy because, you know, but yet you say all these cops are shooting people randomly, but yet 
you want only the cops to have guns. It makes no sense at all. Either you want law-abiding citizens to have them to help diminish some of the crime. Because <clears throat> to be honest, even if you don't believe in guns, you hear that crashing window at 3 a.m. in the morning, you're going to call somebody with a gun and pray they get there in time. That's all you can do. While the rest of us who may have a weapon on hand will get up and go, okay, it's time to dance. <laughs> and hopefully you've had the proper training, you know the layout of your house, you have a strategy, you know who's in your house so you don't shoot the wrong person, and you get to get the job taken care of. Get them either chased out, subdued, or if you have to, you shoot them to stop them. It just depends on how violent a criminal we're dealing with or how a violent a criminal has broken into your house. Most of these guys don't want to have any confrontation. If they find out that there's an armed person in the house, you can usually get them to leave. If given an escape path, they'll usually take the easiest way out. That's why they're burglarizing in the first place or robbing in the first place. They want the easiest way out. But I wonder if the employment rate goes back up to where Trump had the unemployment rate when he was before the COVID hit, I wonder if the crime will drop. I have a feeling it will because all of a sudden these people with too much time on their hands are going to be back at work every day and they're not going to have as much time to get into mischief or illegal activities or whatever else they decide they can get into when they have a lot of time. But right now, as of now, the murder rates are up almost a third everywhere in the country, in the larger cities especially. So that's something to be considered. And that, to me, would be a good reason to go out and buy a first gun or a second gun or third gun or fourth gun, however many you think is going to be enough. Honestly, I think three is a good starting point, good jumping off point. You should have a pistol, a rifle, and a shotgun. So, you know, then they're for different, you know, for different reasons. It's just like when you have a, a set of kitchen knives. You don't have just one knife. You have three or four different knives for different uh, occasions, for different uh, jobs. Same thing with the weapons. But if we can get people back to the back employed, I think you'll find these numbers will drop really fast. Because between the stimulus checks and the additional unemployment they're just doling out all over the place, it gives too many people too much time to make bad choices and bad decisions and do bad things. So let's hope we can get this back under control because there should be no reason for us to have murder rates rising. Let's see. Okay, the country experienced the highest homicide rate in, since 1998. Now, keep in mind, during 1998, the crime bill was in full force. So crime should have been going down. But instead, it was one of the highest rates we've had until now. So... For you, as you think less guns equal more, or more guns equal more crime, if they're legally purchased by law-abiding citizens, it is not the case. So you can uh, stand around on your statistics all day long and come up with numbers that make no sense and that don't support the evidence put out by the FBI and uh, <clears throat> the National Crime Institute. So go ahead. Do what you can. Meanwhile, the fact that the crime rate is so high, and a lot of it has to do with the what would you call it, protesting, the violent protests that are going on, where they overturn cars, throw Molotov cocktails to destroy, destroy businesses. People, are, Some people are getting killed during these, quote-unquote, mostly peaceful protests, and that's helping rise the murder rate also. They had murders during the, uh, the autonomous zone in Seattle. 
While that was going on, there were murders that took place in there that the police were not able to even respond to because they couldn't get in there. And if they could, they were told by superiors, you need to leave. Don't go into that area. And it's crazy when a city will just give up parts of its area to free-range free crime. That's what I'm going to call it. The free-range crime that's going on is just insane right now. The fact that police are not able to do anything to stop a lot of it. What does that mean? It means you have to be your own first responder. You have to be the one to protect your family and your property. Because you don't know if the police are ever going to show up. Because if they do show up, are they going to be able to do anything? Or are they going to sit back and go, you know, I don't want to shoot this this robber because, you know, if I do, if he's a person of color, I might get in trouble. All right, we're going to come back in just a minute with some of the uh, new gun laws they're trying to pass. Right after these messages, I'm Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Hi, this is Rocky Blair, former four-time Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Vietnam veteran. As a board member, I'd like to talk to you about Warriors to Citizen, a nonprofit organization that helps American heroes, soldiers, police, fire, EMT, and their families recover from the psychological harm caused by career-induced stress. Over the last 20 years, broken relationships have been a major causal factor for the highest document divorce rate and resulting suicides in this population. This program, from Warriors to Citizen, is delivered free to families by professionals, all whom served in uniform and understand the needs to be addressed. I ask for your support. So please, go to our website, warriorstocitizen.org, and find out how you can help, either by making a donation or sharing this information with an American hero that you may know. And thank you. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army with training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering. An Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Before we left the break, I said I was going to tell you about some of Biden's plans or the Democrats' plans to infringe on our Second Amendment rights. They they start they introduced a bill called the Keep Americans Safe Act. They always name them these ridiculously benign names that belay the actual harm they're doing to our liberties and freedoms. This was a two Democrat, a congressman and senator, two Democrats, of course, from New Jersey and Florida. This would be a confiscatory ban. They're going to confiscate and ban magazines with a capacity over 10 rounds. They did the same thing. Now, I don't know where they come up with this number. Just randomly, they come up with 10 rounds. Like 11 rounds is completely dangerous, but 10 rounds is okay. Even though standard capacity on a lot of weapons that use a magazine to feed them is much higher than this. In fact, they tried to do this in New York. They limited it to seven rounds. And most companies don't even make seven-round magazines. So then they finally decided, well, since there's no abundance of seven-round magazines, you can have a ten-round magazine, but you're only allowed to have seven rounds in it. Go for How are they going to check that? Unless you're committing a crime, no one will probably ever look twice. Or unless you get in trouble for something else, it probably would never come up. 
but they want to ban the importation, sale, manufacturing, transfer, or possession of what they call high-capacity magazines, which generally are standard-capacity magazines. There's nothing high-capacity about them. I mean, if unless you consider anything over 10 high. So nobody should make over $10,000 a year because that's, that's a high income. So if you're making 12000 a year, you should give up 2000 of that because that's over 10. So let's just come up with some random number and decide, decide that's the number we're going to limit. How did they uh, come up with many years ago the uh, plugging of shotguns? A lot of that was done for hunting reasons. Right. Because they wanted to give the birds a chance or rabbits a chance. I don't know. It seems silly to me. And then in 1994, I believe it was, or 89, they limited the capacity of imported shotguns to five rounds. Hmm. So you couldn't have an imported shotgun that held more than five rounds. Whether it was legal in your state or not, the the United States will not allow you to have it. Now, a domestic shotgun can have as many rounds as it wants. And if you modify the imported shotgun with a certain number of American-made parts, then it becomes a shotgun that you can put unlimited capacity on. Because right now, it's it's amazing because a lot of the shotguns now, a lot of 12 gauges, are magazine-fed. And with a magazine comes the ability to get bigger and bigger magazines or drums or whatever you want to feed it. And all of a sudden... It must go state to state because in Texas, I can't address other states, and I can't address today in Texas, but it was three rounds. For hunting. For hunting. Right. And that varies from state to state, depending on what you're hunting, too. Right now in Texas, I think if you're hunting hogs, there's no limitations. <laughs> you couldn't kill a hog with a shotgun in a million years. Oh, sure you could with a 12-gauge slug. <laughs> in one side and out the other. Rip them to shreds. Well, Wouldn't be a lot of bacon left, but, you know, hey. <laughs> but anyway, they, uh, you know, I don't know of many of my friends that hunt wild boars with shotguns. Yeah, they probably it wouldn't be the ideal but situation it's, it's unless open you're in season for on right, and you can have as many rounds as your shotgun and you want if you're hunting that. Now, if you're hunting birds, it's three is I think a limit set by the federal government. So if you're hunting on federal land, national forest or something like that, you're limited to three rounds. So, and a lot of states adopted the same thing for hunting purposes. But you know, aside from that, it depends. You know, if you're hunting two-legged varmints, there's no limit on how many rounds you could put in your shotgun. <laughs> well, that's most birds. Good point. Yes, they are only two-legged and two-winged. But we're talking the, the mammalian version of the two-legged critters. And since there are no wild monkeys in the in in uh, in the United States... No, I moved from Texas, so... What's that? I moved from Texas. Oh, that's right. But, uh, you know, but imported shotguns, five rounds max. Unless you buy it, put some American parts on it, and modify it. And then there's uh, shotguns like the KSG, which have a high capacity built in already. A pump action with two tubes, each able to hold seven rounds and one in the chamber. So you can hold 15 rounds of shotgun shells in a KSG without any modification at all. You know, the funny thing about it is, if you don't knock down a dove or a quail basically what's hunted in texas right if you don't knock them down in the first and maybe second round you ain't gonna get them with another 25 shot yeah, <laughs> yeah they're hard to hit while they're moving that fast and, ch- and dove change direction so quickly they're hard to hit anyway when on one dove hunt i had two birds and 25 empty shells at my feet <laughs> <laughs> it was it was much harder than i expected 
I've trained since then and feel I could do better, but, you know, I have not got another opportunity to go do that. But anyway, so they want to ban high-capacity magazines. And it's funny because a lot of shotguns now are coming with magazines. A lot of handguns, even small subcompact, like uh, the SIG P365s, the um, Springfield Armory Hellcats, you know, the new Taurus. I think they have a new high-capacity subcompact out. All these are carrying over 10 rounds in a tiny, small handgun size. They're going to all be limited to 10 rounds. The new Smith & Wesson Shield Plus holds, I think, 12 or 13 rounds. So they're going to try and eliminate all these what they consider high-capacity guns, even though these are some of the smallest, most concealable weapons that they sell. Because they hold more than 10 rounds, they're going to be in trouble for this magazine ban. Now, I don't know that this would ever go through. I hope not. It does give, of course, current former law enforcement personnel they have exceptions for them. So basically, the senators and congresspeople will be protected by as many rounds as they need, but normal, ordinary American citizens will have their rights infringed and only allowed to protect their families and their property with 10 rounds or less. So again, this is a case of where the politicians believe they are some form of royalty. And because people put them on pedestals, they just soak this stuff up and they continue to believe this. They are servants. They're representatives. They are not rulers. They are not, you know, they do not have any control over the people. They're not supposed to. They're supposed to answer to us, not control us, not be over us. So we'll have to see. Now, there are exceptions for tubular devices that can only accept 22 rimfire ammunition. Now, think about that for a minute. There are lever-action rifles which hold more than 10 rounds in pistol-caliber cartridges that would suddenly become illegal. So that's, I mean, and these guns have been around since since the 1800s, and they're going to make them illegal with a stroke of a pen if they can get this law through. And they're saying there's going to be an authorized buyback. Buyback. I hate that term from the government because, you know what, after doing a background check on the American government, I've decided they're mentally unstable and not to be trusted with any weapons. So I don't, I don't think the sale would be able to go through. They would not pass my strict background check. <laughs> So I wouldn't want to sell them back anything. And it would require devices manufactured after this law goes into effect to have a serial number, date of manufacture, to help law enforcement identify restricted magazines. Now, this is crazy because in California, they just recently, like within a few months ago, on two separate occasions, judges in courtrooms have come down and said the magazine ban is illegal. It is an infringement. And I think it's being appealed for a third time, so it hasn't been let go yet. But if this decision holds on the Ninth Circuit Court, then Californians will once again be able to purchase standard capacity magazines for all their rifles and pistols. Ninth Circuit? How does a kangaroo court know how many... Oh, the Ninth Circus, excuse me. The Ninth Circus Court. Well, actually, Trump had had, had, had some appointees on the Ninth Circuit, and it actually is more balanced now than it ever has been. But I'm sure once Joe packs up the Supreme Court and starts firing all the attorney generals throughout the country, they're going to try and swing things back the other way to be more restrictive and infringing on our rights as much as they possibly can while giving themselves extra privileges all over the place. So... You know, they they believe they are royalty, and we need to stop that that mentality. 
You know, just because someone's a senator or a congressman, they should not be put on a pedestal. They should not be worshipped. They should not be given any special rights. They are just citizens who are serving the people in their jurisdictions. But those people need to hold them accountable and need to vote them out when they violate that trust. I wonder if Joe knows that a double barrel only holds two rounds. His double barrel only holds two rounds. I, I don't think he knows what a round is right now. No. He's thinking a, a round of insure with his uh, breakfast mush, maybe. I don't know. I don't think he's altogether there. I could be mistaken. But from listening to him, he sounds like when he starts giving a statement, he sounds like he's muttering a bowl of alphabet soup. <laughs> so I don't know if he's aware of what's going on. But he signs everything they shove in front of him, so that's all that really matters right now. I'd love to know. I'm just waiting for him on the teleprompter to start doing... Oh, have his finger moving across the teleprompter. <laughs> or watch his head move back and forth and go, oh. <laughs> well, Obama was a genius at using the teleprompter. He was amazing. He couldn't speak to a, a fourth grade class without using a teleprompter. In fact, that was funny. They showed the comparison between George Bush when he spoke to some, I think, third, fourth, or fifth graders and Obama when he did it. George Bush was sitting there in a chair talking to these kids while Obama had a podium set up with teleprompters everywhere to talk to grade schoolers. Just goes to show how uh, possibly inept he was at public speaking. Although when when he read, he did a phenomenal job and he sounded good. He was a good order, but I don't think he actually could speak on his own without assistance from somewhere. But he's gone now. He's not president anymore, so we can let him go. Although Biden is like the second Obama term, the third Obama term. We'll see how long he makes it. But anyway, so they may force you to sell. They're going to try and force you to sell these magazines back to the government. Now, I don't know how that's going to work because, I mean... If you own these already and you bought them and they were legal and then they make them illegal, I just don't know how people are going to react to that. I mean, you saw it with the bump stocks. They took bump stocks away. Suddenly they disappeared. And now I believe there's some law they're going to try and overturn that ruling and say there's no reason to restrict them. And suddenly people are finding these bump stocks that were supposedly destroyed or gotten somehow or popping back up again. Because it's just, yeah, they're calling it, okay, this is funny because they say they're going to have a common sense piece of legislation that will save lives and finally limit the sale of large capacity magazines that are designed for killing as many people as possible without having to stop and reload. Senator Mendez, let's say in a press release, you know, if he really wants to keep America safe, why don't you stop the border crashers from coming in, bringing in unvaccinated people bringing in COVID, bringing in measles, chickenpox, all these diseases and keep them from killing Americans. There's over 4,000 Americans a year killed by illegal aliens. When are they going to do something about that? Oh, wait, we're not supposed to use the term illegal alien anymore. Border crashers, party crashers, whatever. But they're not doing anything to stop these people from coming in. If they really care about the safety of America, they will regulate the border. There's more people dying from that unintentionally than there are from guns. Now, most a lot, most of the guns, 60% of gun deaths in this country are suicides, which if someone doesn't do it like that, they're going to find another way. You can't stop people from doing something like that if they have a mindset to do so. You know, when you start talking about all the different, uh, whether they actually go through Congress and become law or... Biden tries to do it with his signature. But I haven't heard one person, 
nobody across the country say, okay, let's just take one of these. We're going we're gonna to ban... AR-15s. Mag- magazines that hold more than 12 rounds. Right, okay. All right, my question is, we don't have enough police as it is, and if they're federal agents, we certainly don't have enough. So how many hundreds and hundreds of thousands federal agents would have to be hired to go from door to door to say, let me see your magazines? Yeah, and I show my... put out a road and track or something. Yeah, or home and garden. Yeah, yeah, here are my magazines. You want some clips? Oh, I got clips in my kitchen drawer I put on my chips when they're open to keep them from getting stale. I have chips and I have clips and magazines. <laughs> Which ones do you want? But I, I mean, seriously. Oh, yeah. They, you, I mean, you couldn't enforce one of those damn laws without putting on hundreds of thousands of new agents. Oh, sure. And I wonder how many of them would actually swear to uphold the Constitution and then go out and try and violate it by taking rights away from people. You know, I wonder how many people would actually do it and just say, I was just following orders. Yeah. You know, we heard that before after the World War II, the Nuremberg trials. Oh, we were just following orders. Well, they determined that was not a defense for doing, for committing heinous acts. So we'll see if uh, our country follows in the same path or whether it chooses a different path. And it's funny because they're talking about mass shootings. It's like, yes, that is a horrible thing to have happened. Innocent people die during these mass shootings, but it's 0.1% of all gun deaths are committed during mass shootings. In fact, I think last year, was it 20, 2019, they had 360-some-odd deaths by any kind of rifle. Not just assault rifles, any kind of long gun. That was a rifle. And that's compared to like 8,000 gun deaths a year. So you're talking a minuscule percentage. More people were killed by hammers than by assault rifles. So it's like it seems odd that they're going after this tiny little little niche area of guns to try and say this is the worst thing we have to deal with when it's not. You know, if you want to ban something that kills people, ban alcohol. You know, people go, oh, well, you know, a lot of people drink responsibly every day and don't do anything wrong. Well, a lot of people use guns every day responsibly and don't do anything wrong. It's the exact same argument. But, but a, a gun serves a purpose. It can equalize. If there's a confrontation between a weaker person and a stronger person, if the weaker person has a gun, all of a sudden the stronger person is not going to be able to take advantage as easily, in particularly on gender roles. Now, not all women are weak. I'm not saying that. But generally, women are considered weaker than most equivalent men and would need something to equalize their ability to defend themselves. So if you're a woman and you're a feminist especially, you should be all against any kind of restrictions on what you should be able to have to protect yourself, your property, and your family from the bad guys. And the the mass shootings, yeah, it's a tiny, tiny percentage of everything. And it should not – it's almost an aberration in the numbers. I mean, 0.1%. You're talking a huge – disparaging amount between the amount of press it gets and the actual numbers that are there. It's just, it's not there. Like I say, you're much more likely to be killed by a drunk driver than you are an assault weapon, for sure. And and let's get, you know, for real, what value does alcohol give our society? It reduces your judgment, reduces your fine motor skills. Well, I guess what you're saying really is that we should take all cars away because cars, cars kill just like Right. Let's kill. take all cars away from sober people because some people drive drunk. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's it's entire. You know, you use that argument. The argument they're using to take magazines or guns away, if you use it against any other 
item anywhere in the country, it makes no sense whatsoever. And it makes no sense here either, but they try and make it out like it does, and it just doesn't. But we're going to have to see. I mean, I talked about it last week, noncompliance. Americans are known for being noncompliant, and we've seen in New Zealand, citizens are known for being noncompliant. I mean, it's the easiest peaceful way to resist. You know, just don't comply. Oh, no, I don't have those anymore. You know, now if they start trying to come into houses and search things, more and more states every day are passing Second Amendment sanctuary laws. In fact, Missouri, still my favorite one, says that any federal agent coming in to try and enforce gun control laws that Missouri does not think are legal is subject to arrest by local authorities. So, I mean... Now, hopefully, if that were to happen, it would be peaceful. They'd arrest the officer, and it would end up being a trial and a court case, and then they'd have to settle it somehow. It would come down to states' rights versus federal law. But who would cover it? Not the mainstream media. (sighs) You know, something like that might be big enough to get some coverage. I mean, eventually, if it gets big enough, the mainstream media, they kind of bend over and go, well, this is so big, everyone knows about it already, we're going to have to cover it at some point. But a lot of states are passing. In fact, I have that today somewhere. Where was that? Some other state just recently passed a sanctuary amendment, a sanctuary city amendment, or sanctuary state amendment to their constitution to defend against any illegal, what they deem as illegal infringements on the constitution concerning Second Amendment rights. So we're going to have to see how that comes out. But, you know, that would probably come down to a court case. But a lot of these statewide ones are not – they don't have any teeth, except for the one in Missouri where they can actually arrest a federal officer for violating it. That, to me, is spectacular. Other states need to look at that. There was one in Arizona they passed a couple weeks ago where local law enforcement officers are not allowed to assist federal officers in anything like that. So that would be good, too. If they come in federal officers, they have, they're on their own. They get no support from local agencies. In fact, you know, local agencies would probably be in there. If they were there, they'd keep an eye on them. If they violated any other laws, maybe they would go after federal officers and not respect the, you know. Law enforcement does not have a blanket to just do whatever they want. They're not that powerful. They shouldn't be. They're servants of the people. They're supposed to protect and serve. They're not supposed to infringe and violate rules of the Constitution. In fact, guys, every law enforcement officer, every military person, every congressman, every lawmaker, every senator, when you stand there and put your hand on the Bible and swear to uphold the Constitution and protect it from all enemies, foreign and domestic, do you really mean it, or are you just spouting the word so you can get a paycheck and go home? And when it comes down to it, you're going to vote for whatever you think is, you know, in the best interest of your constituency, or are you just going to do whatever you think is going to get you the most applause from your fellow congressmen and senators? Are you really there to look after your 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 constituency? Are you going to allow them to protect themselves? Or just think because you're a lawmaker, you can stand there in the protection of the Capitol Police, the Secret Service, and every other law enforcement agency that protects politicians, and think they should be able to have whatever they need to protect me, but regular citizens don't need that. They don't have to be protected. They're peasants. <laughs> uh, I hate to say it, but that's, it seems like that's what's going on. They are putting themselves. Let's see. Okay. Oh, here it is. Ohio, the latest state to pass. This bill would turn the state of Ohio into a Second Amendment sanctuary. 
Now, we're seeing more and more of this. Like I say, there's more and more bills coming up where these states or counties or cities are saying, you know what, we are not going to comply. We are going to pass laws to where we can restrict this. And I wonder, though, this is going to come down to the the question is going to come down to states' rights versus federal law. It's happening right now. Immigration law is being ignored by certain states, trying to be enforced by certain federal agents, but a lot of federal agents are not enforcing border control now anyway or not going after illegals who are here. They're kind of just letting it go. Same thing with the marijuana use. A lot of states are decriminalizing it, even though it is still a restricted item, a controlled substance, according to the federal government. And you cannot currently buy a weapon if you use marijuana, even if it's legal, even if you have a card, if you have a prescription, whatever, you get it at a pharmacy, doesn't matter. According to federal law, you cannot own a weapon if you're a regular user of marijuana. Now, that to me shouldn't be the case. If you can use alcohol, you can use tobacco, you should be able to use marijuana, whatever other drug you feel like is the best for you. Who knows? There may be health benefits to it. I don't know. I read reports on both sides of that. But basically, what this law is doing in Ohio is saying that federal regulations on guns would not apply there. Think about that for a minute. Now, this has happened before, but, okay, they're going to root. Okay, here's how it goes. House Bill 62 would make Ohio a Second Amendment sanctuary state, meaning Ohio would have the power to nullify any federal law or court ruling that goes against the Second Amendment. Taxes on guns or ammunition, registering or tracking of guns and their owners, any act forbidding gun ownership or transfer, any act ordering the confiscation of guns. Now, if you don't know, the federal government has a tax on all guns and ammunition at about somewhere between 9 and 11 percent, and all this money goes toward conservation efforts normally. So it's actually, it's not a terrible tax. It's one that actually goes toward conserving land, sea, and air to keep it clean, to keep it open and available to people who want to enjoy the outdoors or go hunting. All this stuff is, that's where the money goes. And hunters are probably the biggest supporter of ecological preservation of any group in the country. Every time they buy ammo, every time they buy a gun, every time they buy a hunting or fishing license of some sort, some of that money goes toward conservation. So if they're going to stop collecting taxes on these guns, I wonder if that means that they're going to remove the excise tax that has been on guns since, I believe, since the 30s. And they're going to forbid gun ownership. Any act forbidding gun ownership or transfer will be frowned upon and not enforced. Uh, Now, I just wonder how long the feds would put up with that. I wonder if they would come in and do anything. But this bill does not seem to have anything that's going to protect those who are being harassed by federal agents. So we don't know. Only the Missouri law is the only one I've seen so far that actually has teeth and can allow local law enforcement to act against federal agents. So we'll have to see. But if more and more states come out with these decide to be Second Amendment sanctuary states, that should send a message to the federal government that the states are not going to put up with this anymore. They're not going to do this. They're not going to allow you to infringe on their God-given rights for self-defense. There's no reason why anybody shouldn't be able to defend themselves, their property, their families with a gun. That's the best way to do it. God made all men equal, Colonel Colt. No, God made all men, Colonel Colt made them equal. That was the ad for the Colt revolving pistol that was out in the 1800s. They said it, it was the great equalizer. And it's true. You balance power 
between two entities, you're always going to have more fair treatment. If you arm the sheep, then the wolves are not going to be as bold. <laughs> so you need to consider that. And by wolves, I'm talking about a lot of the uh, the criminals out there are wolves. They prey on innocent people. They prey on people who are not as strong as they are, less able to defend themselves. That's who they want to get. They want to get the defenseless person and take advantage of them. So we'll have to see how this goes. But I like the fact that more and more states are considering this. And I just... I just want to see. Some of this is going to come to a head at some point. The last one I saw was in Kansas where they abolished federal gun laws in the state of Kansas, and somebody was prosecuted for manufacturing silencers and selling them without going through the federal procedure for silencer ownership. So the feds came in. They arrested him and one of the guys who bought the silencers from them, and they ended up getting a fine of like $800. Normally, this holds a $10,000 minimum fine and 10 years in prison. But with an $800 fine and being released, obviously they knew that was going to be a tough case to win. But I don't think the state was helping them fight it. They hired their own legal defense. But if the state were to jump in and say, oh, no, no, this is our state. You can't come in here and do that. We'll see. It's like with the marijuana. If they could go after marijuana in all these states, shut down the dispensaries. They could shut down the banks that are dealing with them. They could get millions of dollars in fines if they were to go in and enforce federal law on marijuana laws. Now, should they be able to? As a libertarian, you could smoke, drink, do whatever you want as long as you don't do it while you're driving a motor vehicle or doing something where you can harm somebody else. Do whatever you want. I don't care. That's fine. You want to eat brownies, eat lollipops, gummy worms, whatever you want, laced with whatever you like, by all means, have at it. If it helps you relax, great. But according to federal law, you cannot own a weapon. You've given up your right to own a weapon if you exercise this right or this privilege that some states have given you to indulge in marijuana products. So keep that in mind. And be careful because some states, the more liberal states, are going to come after gun owners if they have any indication that they've been using any type of marijuana product. They'll legalize it and decriminalize it, but they'll still enforce the law when it comes to pushing for gun control. So take that into account. Make sure you don't get caught up in that mess. When you fill out your form, don't lie. But I would suggest not being a marijuana user if you're trying to buy a a weapon. So be aware of that. That's going to be a problem. That's going to be something that's going to have to be faced at some point in time. Unless we decriminalize it on a federal level, there's always going to be that bit of tension between the states and the federal government. All right, we're going to be back after this. I'm Roger B. This is America's Web Radio. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. Hello. My name is Colonel Retired Rick White, the United States Army veteran, and I'm the director of the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. I would like to encourage all Georgia veterans to consider being nominated to the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. If you are a Georgia veteran, and the Georgia veteran's definition is you were either born in this state or you lived in the state 10 years or you raised your right hand and joined the military in the state of Georgia, you are considered a Georgia veteran. For further information, go to your website at www.gmvhof.org or you can contact me at 678-427-0915. Nominations need to be in by the last Friday in August each year. Again, 
if you're a Georgia veteran or you're a friend or family member of a Georgia veteran, living or deceased, please consider nominating that veteran to this highly noble and rare Hall of Fame for our great state. Thank you so much. Hi, this is Rocky Blair, former four-time Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Vietnam veteran. As a board member, I'd like to talk to you about Warriors to Citizen, a nonprofit organization that helps American heroes, soldiers, police, fire, EMT, and their families recover from the psychological harm caused by career-induced stress. Over the last 20 years, broken relationships have been a major causal factor for the highest document divorce rate and resulting suicides in this population. We do it on purpose. This program to take a from Warriors to Citizen is delivered free to families by professionals, all whom served in uniform and understand the needs Let's to be addressed. I ask for your support. So please arm, go to our website, warriorstocitizen.org, and find out how you can help, either by making a donation or sharing this information with an American hero that you may know. And thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. I'm Roger B., and this is Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. I'm going to talk about a story now that takes place in New York, where a man ends up beating, he ends up winning some charges after a judge tosses the, the search warrant because it seems as if the federal agents were being misleading when they took out their search warrant. He had purchased what is called a solvent trap. Now, if you're familiar with these, it's a tube with baffles in it that you're supposed to pour solvent through your weapon and it threads onto the barrel and catches the solvent so you don't splash gun cleaner all over the place. And you can pour it repeatedly through the barrel to help clean it without making a mess everywhere. Now, the only thing is a lot of these solvent traps are built in a very similar way to the way that silencers are built or suppressors. So when somebody had ordered one of these solvent traps from overseas... These came from China and it was flagged by customs and border protection agents in California. And the the shipping label described the package contents as a gear shift knob. The federal authorities deemed it to be a silencer and contacted Seneca New York Police Department and they set up plans to make a, a quote unquote controlled delivery of the package to this man's residence. So he the police came armed with a search warrant. And they had agents from Homeland Security, ATF, Immigrations and Customs Enforcement, and the U.S. Postal Inspector's Office, all there to be here to arrest this man for when they handed him a package containing his solvent trap. And they had gun, they found guns there as well. And they had a, and because he was receiving what they call the silencer or suppressor, they decided to have, give him eight felony weapons possession charges against him at the same time. Now, it doesn't say whether he was a a felon or not. I don't believe the guns were illegal from what they said, because now he's following a suit to get them back. But a judge decided that because they used the term silencer and not solvent trap, that the warrant was illegal, and they were not allowed to search his house for any of this stuff or take his product away. You know, it comes down to a matter of use. If you use it as it is meant to be used or as it is described to be used as a solvent trap, 
then there's no issues with it. If you were to modify it slightly, put a hole on the end of it, screw it together, and make it into a suppressor, then you made a homemade silencer, which is not allowed. Well, it is allowed if you get a permit to get one first. Then I believe you can construct one if you have the permit already approved prior to starting on it or prior to making the final additions to it or making it a functional silencer. I believe you can still manufacture them yourself as long as you have the tax stamp that a suppressor requires. But apparently the judge threw this out because they said because of the way they described the suppressor, the solvent trap as a suppressor, and it was not. It came in pieces, I guess, and it didn't have, and the end cap on a, on a, on a solvent trap is generally closed off because it holds the fluid you pour down the barrel. Now, granted, they can be easily modified into becoming a suppressor, but if they're not a suppressor, then you can't use them as such. And a suppressor is such a simple device anyway. It's just a muffler. You could take a muffler off your lawnmower, screw it onto your weapon, and that would be considered a silencer or a suppressor. I mean, all it is is a muffler. It just muffles the sound of the weapon as it as it exits the barrel. So it's not like it's a complicated device. It's not like you couldn't take something and easily manufacture your own suppressor. In fact, it seems odd that suppressors are even on the NFA list. For a time, there was a bill pending called the Hearing Protection Act, which would have made suppressors no more no more difficult to get than getting a pistol in your own home state. And why not? They help protect your hearing. They are more considerate if you're shooting in your own backyard. It's considerate to your neighbors to use a suppressor. You don't want to be, you know, blasting away in the backyard and annoying the neighbors, especially on like a Sunday morning if they're trying to, you know, sleep in or go to a worship service. Use a suppressor. Be considerate to your neighbors. You know, make that the the way things are done. Because a suppressor, despite what the media and the news will tell you, does not make a gun completely silent. It just brings the level down to below what could cause hearing damage in, in people. So why not allow that to be done? In fact, from what I've heard in Europe, they can sell them at a hardware store because they're not considered guns. They're an accessory. Here, for some reason, the U.S. government since 1934 has decided that suppressors are evil, bad, and terrible. When all they do is protect your hearing, cut down on the, some of the sound from a rifle or a pistol being fired. In fact, if your bullet is going more than, I believe it's 1,050 feet per second, more than the speed of sound, it's going to have a sonic crack when it breaks the barrel anyway, when it comes out of the barrel. So you're not going to eliminate the sound completely. You're just going to lower it some. So that's something. That, but this guy, got a, he, he got off on his charges because he was ordering a solvent trap and not a suppressor. Now, some people can modify these to become suppressors, and doing so is illegal. But like I said, almost anything that's designed as a muffler for an internal combustion engine can be modified into being a suppressor. It's not that hard to get. Under the law, solvent traps are legal to own currently. Now, currently also, though, 80% finished receivers are legal to own. And that's another thing that the Biden administration has decided. If you have a chunk of plastic that looks too much like a gun, they want to make that illegal. They don't want you to be able to manufacture anything in your home that could be a gun. Even though there's no law currently against it, people are allowed to manufacture homemade weapons now. You can do that. You don't have to register it, but you you do have to be legally able to own a pistol or rifle in your state to be able to manufacture one. 
So if you're a criminal, you're violating the law if you manufacture your own or if you finish one. Because they call these unfinished receivers. The most popular ones are the ones for the Glock pistols and the ones for the AR-15 rifles or AR-15 pistols. They can be manufactured. 80% lowers are common. They can easily be finished out to be 100% lowers. But once you own one, you cannot sell it without registering it and putting numbers on it. So most people just do this for a hobby, just to be able to say, oh, yeah, I want to build my own. I want to do something unique. You know, I want to do something different. So we'll see how this turns out because, I mean, there was one state that was going to say any piece of plastic that looks like or resembles a gun, even if it's 20% finished, they want to make it illegal. They want to say you shouldn't be able to own anything that looks like a gun that could possibly be finished. But today's with 3D printers... You put a program in the printer, it spits out the plastic. You can manufacture your own AR-15 lowers, Glock lowers, anything plastic that where the plastic receiver part is the frame, you can manufacture those with a 3D printer. Now, the government tried to limit the availability of the programs that made this uh, that made this possible. But it's, you know, once it's out on the Internet, you're not going to be able to stop it. Once it's out there, it's there forever. No one's going to be able to stop it. It's going to be available. You'll find it places. Even if you have to go to shady websites to get your programs, it can be it can be had. It can be had, and there's no laws against it in most cases. Now, also, you could, if you're a programmer, you could program the machine yourself to manufacture whatever you want to manufacture. You know, now granted, you cannot manufacture anything fully automatic. You cannot ma- manufacture any kind of suppressor. Even though you could manufacture it, it would be illegal to do so unless you have the proper permits. And nothing manufactured after 1986 is allowed to be fully automatic. That was the Hughes Act that was passed in 86 to limit the ownership of machine guns, which is another thing that was an infringement on people's rights. Prior to that, you could buy a machine gun from anywhere you wanted to, register it, get a tax stamp, and be a legal owner. Now the only thing available are the used or previously owned machine guns that are manufactured prior to 1986 or parts that were manufactured prior to 1986 that enabled something to shoot fully automatic, which would actually turn a semi-automatic AR-15 into an assault rifle, even though the media says anything that looks like a military rifle is an assault rifle. But then again, you know, I guess they would say if you put racing stripes on your Hyundai, it's a race car. And they would, you know, you can't drive it on the street anymore because now it's a race car. Yeah, the the idiotic terminology that they use to define what they call an assault weapon is completely ridiculous. And if you're somebody who thinks AR-15 stands for Assault Rifle 15, then you're a huge moron. It stands for Armorlite. That's the, the guy's company. Eugene Stoner started the Armorlite company. That's what AR stands for, Armorlite 15 Rifle. So don't think you know everything. If you think that's an assault rifle, you're completely wrong. But now it turns out this guy in New York is going to sue to get his weapons back because they were legally owned. And the solvent trap he got was legally purchased, and it's not a violation of NFA in the first place. But because they saw a solvent trap and said it could be turned into a suppressor, then they went out and arrested this guy and put him in jail. And uh, this is the kind of thing that they're going to start doing. They're going to go after people who make small violations, who are not, you know, this guy has no criminal record. He's never done anything. He's not committed any gun crimes. There was no law preventing him from owning either the solvent trap or the guns that he owned. 
and they went after him because they just they lied on the warrant and said it was a suppressor, even though it was a solvent trap. And that's what they're going to come after and start doing. They if they if they make the the eighty percent or partially finished receivers illegal. It's just going to make criminals out of so many thousands and thousands of people. Because these, these things have been around for a long time. People have been finishing them at record rates. And now that they're talking about making them illegal, the sales of these things are going insane. It's getting harder and harder to find anything that's 80% finished. All the companies are cranking them out day and night to get them out to anybody who wants to have one. Even if you just have it, throw it in the basement, throw it in the safe, keep it for future use, it would probably be a wise investment at this point if they don't make it illegal to just possess it. Hopefully, if you had something manufactured prior to a certain date, it's going to be allowed if they can get this law to go through. But right now, I just don't know that he's got the support to ban what he's calling ghost guns. And it's funny because ghost guns, they don't make up any significant amount of of crime records. The The statistics on these are irrelevant, basically. There's nothing that says ghost guns are more responsible for crime than any other gun. Actually, less so because it takes more effort. And criminals don't want effort. They want to do things the easiest possible way with the least amount of effort. So... Keep that in mind. If you decide to go get an 80% lower, now might be the time to start looking because Biden wants to ban these along with high-capacity magazines. Get out there. Get what you can because sooner or later, if this stuff becomes banned, you're not going to be able to get it anymore. Now, hopefully, every all possession will be grandfathered in as it should be, although it shouldn't be made illegal in the first place. All right. Thanks for listening today. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you've been listening to America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.